Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hey, well, good morning, everybody. Thank you to um, all the mothers that have come along to join their families. Um, Today is a very special day, but I, I guess I'd also like to acknowledge that I do understand that it's a very, it can be a very difficult day for some mothers and for children. And so my heart is today that you will feel encouraged um, through this message, even in your pain. Um, so as Andrew said, um, I'm a part of this church. For those who don't know, Matthew and I um, are married to Matthew, have been married for 23 years. Um, we have three beautiful children and we had an, an additional uh, son join our family last year, which we'll talk about in a little bit more. Um, and we've been a part of this church for five years. Um, and I feel incredibly blessed um, to call this church our home. And um, just a little comment on Andrew's um, 15 months in the making. I didn't expect a second invitation. I thought, well, that was then and there, and, and maybe that time had passed. So I feel incredibly blessed to be standing here and to be able to share um, of some of the most wonderful moments in my journey as a Christian, as a woman, and as a mother. Um, so, Andrew mentioned uh, this weekend has been our Gateway Women's Conference. Um, Thrive has been um, running over Friday night and Saturday. Um, I did register, well, actually, Andrew registered me, so it's just a little story. I'm, I'm wearing a shirt that is, um, the conference theme was Influence, um, and I feel a little bit embarrassed to share this, but I'm going to because I think it just shows how good God is. I hadn't seen any of the publicity. I hadn't actually seen that the name of the conference was Influence. Um, like I said, Andrew registered me. I thought, my memory of when we've seen it on the screen is shine your God colors and seeing all the God colors. So when I was praying about my message's title, I was like, oh, lots of little words were coming and going and I couldn't really find peace in a word. And then Thursday last week, I felt like God spoke to me about being influencers, and that is Christians and mothers and parents, you know, where to be influencers for Christ-likeness. And I walked into conference on the Friday night. I was a bit late, so I didn't actually see all the leading up to, and the speaker spoke about influence, and I'm like, oh, that's my word. And, um, and then little do I know there's influence everywhere. So I think God is pretty amazing that despite my ignorance and lack of social media exposure and all of maybe the church's publicity, um, I didn't know that it was going to be influenced. So I bought a shirt, not usually into merchandise, but here I am, because I feel this word does, can define us as Christians, not define us, but it's very important. And I feel like particularly I will wear this shirt because I know in my workplace I can be an influence for, for godliness and Christ-likeness. So um, as a mother, um, we can have tremendous influence um, over our children's lives to lead them towards Christ-likeness. Um, and 2 Corinthians 2.15 is the scripture that I felt God speak to, one of the scriptures that I felt God prompt my heart this morning um, around the message, which it says, for we are to God the pleasing fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And that has been a scripture that I've prayed over our household and over our children, over my own life, that I would be the fragrance of Christ. I used to pray it when Matthew would go out in his workplace and real estate and wherever he went. It was like, God, let him be your presence to the people that he is amongst. And I pray that I have been the fragrance of Christ to my children. We'll share a little bit more. I'm not always being the sweet-smelling fragrance, sometimes not the nicest fragrance. Um, 
but I pray today that you will be encouraged um, to be that fragrance of Christ to those that are in your home and to those that God brings around about your life um, and in your marriage. You know, as mothers and women, we can be that very fragrance of Christ. We can, we can set that temperature and thermostat to be peaceful and loving. And, and when we don't want to be, sometimes, you know, God is asking us to be that sweet-smelling fragrance. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about a few things that I feel God has put on my heart of how we can be influencers for Christ's likeness. Um, so I just want to pray, Lord, I pray that this morning your words would come from my mouth. And Lord, that, it, that this message would be your story through my story, Father God, and that, Lord, every, every person in this place will be encouraged, will find hope, and will experience the goodness of you, Lord. Abraham Lincoln said, no one is poor who has had a godly mother. He went on to say, I remember my mother's prayers, and they have followed me. They have clung to me all my life. All that I am and hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. And I'm sure many of us have echoed that prayer in our heart as we've had the blessing and privilege of being raised um, by a godly mother. As a mother, we can create richness in our children's lives. The world is there to rob, kill, well, the, through the world, the, you know, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And our children can be exposed to so much sadness and hopelessness through the world. And we have an incredible responsibility to be able to bring the richness of Christ into our children's lives. Um, our prayers can shape them. Our prayers can remain with them. If you're here and you've got a child that's not walking with God and you have prayed for them, can I encourage you to keep praying? You know, God is a faithful God. He is faithful. I guess the testimony in my life is a song. All my life, God has been faithful. And I encourage you in that. If you are feeling a sadness in your heart for one of your children, keep praying for them. God's word doesn't return void. And, you know, he loves them. 1914 was the first official Mother's Day celebration in America. It was set as a resolution, as a public expression of the love and reverence for the mothers of our country. Um, the president declared that, but we know long before then that mothers were being um, exalted in many cultures and communities. Exodus 20, 12 states that we are to honor our father and our mother so that you may, have, that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. So from the beginning of time, God has put in place the principle of honouring our parents. And today we're here to honour um, our mothers. Um, mothers have not only been celebrated since the beginning of humankind for their, um, for, for their physical presence, but also for their influence and for their spiritual presence. And this, this influence is, it ha doesn't just happen. Who knows, as mums, we've got to really be disciplined and diligent to train our children. Days can just become whirlwinds and we can miss opportunities. And so I'm going to talk about some things this morning about how we can let go of certain things to surrender to what God would want of us as mothers, how we can live in the spirit and the journey God has had me on in my life. Um, and then how we, when we do those things, we can leave a legacy of faith for our children. I'd just like to share briefly um, a little bit of my journey as a mother. I was asked last week if I was going to share my story and I was a bit actually thrown by that because I probably wasn't thinking about sharing my story. And to be honest, sometimes I've sort of wondered, um, what is my story? Because my story is I have loved God my whole life and I've grown up in a Christian home and I've had the wonderful privilege to, to live in God's house and to love God's people. Um, 
but there's a bigger, God has been growing my story, I guess, over the years. Um, so first photo up here is 19-year-old Karen um, when I went to Africa. Um, I went on a mission trip. I'd studied Bible college. I grew up in Mackay um, on a cane farm, and I moved when I was 19 to study for a year. I felt prompted by God and a, a real um, yearning to, to learn more of God. And so I did a year study, and then that led to a five-week mission trip to Africa. Um, and in this trip, God birthed in me a an incredible passion for vulnerable children. Um, I was going through my photos, I've got these photos out a few times and showed my children, and, and I think about that, that experience, that was life-changing for me. I got to witness children in incredible poverty. I remember flying back on the plane um, in tears, thinking, how do I re-enter this, uh, this culture and this life because I have grown up in so much privilege, and the, the, the more I live and experience life, I realize that I've had incredible privilege in my life, um, but this trip showed me the many millions of people that don't. I thought one day I'd return to Africa. I was very passionate about the children and the babies, and I, I was very determined to think God was calling me to go back to work in orphanages, and that became something that I was holding on to very dearly in my heart. Soon after this trip, um, I met Matthew, and um, we, we married obviously, and, but he, we share, I was sharing my passion for children and babies overseas, and he said something that's really been, I guess, life-directing for us, and he just said, Karen, I feel that God would want me to help children in our own backyard. And I just sat with that and thought and prayed, what would that actually mean? The second photo is um, me as a, my first Mother's Day experience, so with Destiny, that was the year 2000, um, it's not actually Mother's Day, I'm sorry, I have to say, because Destiny's a little bit younger, but I didn't have a photo on Mother's Day um, or a suitable photo around that time. <laughs> One that I was prepared to put up on the screen. Um, but this is a few months after. So this is me as, um, I guess, beginning my experience as a mother. Um, and then the third photo, which is last year. Um, so obviously we didn't, I'm very much, I've worn my family. The Mother's Day photo booth is very important to me, and they roll their eyes, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, don't you get it, photos are, are something that means something to me. So, not sure we're all colour coordinated. The first few years I used to try and get them all colour coordinated. That was our one family photo. So we don't have the Mother's Day photo from last year because church didn't happen. But this is my most recent, I guess, mothering photo. Um, obviously the day that Thomas and Destiny married and now I have four children that I can pray for and um, believe for God promises upon their lives. Um, so, for the first 17 years of my mothering journey, I was primarily a stay-at-home mum. I was passionate about my children's um, future, their, their, their passion for God, and it was, an, it was really what um, defined many of my days and moments. I was part of their church playgroup, I was involved in many things, and obviously being part of a local church and praying that our children would know and grow to love God. Um, some of you, most of you maybe know, in the last um, recent years, uh, we've, I guess, added to our family and we felt um, the prompting of God to become foster carers. Um, and my, I guess my passion for vulnerable babies and children um, became the reality. And Matthew's statement of caring for children in our own backyard became very real. Um, in the last seven years, we've, we've cared for um, a number of children, but we've had six children primarily that have lived in, us, in our home for up to two years. And 
Each one of those children have a beautiful and special place in my heart, along with their families. Um, foster care did become my orphanage experience. God didn't need to send me back to Africa. Obviously, we all have different callings. But for my life and our life, um, the babies in our own community were who God was asking us to influence and show love, the love of Jesus. Um, I remember the first day, our first little baby that came into our care. We'd only been carers a month or so. And the, I was handed this tiny little baby. And the bassinet was beside my bed. I remember rolling over and looking at this baby and thinking, and beginning to have a sense of feeling for the grief and loss of the mother who birthed this baby. And I guess that was really the beginning of another much larger journey that God had for my life. And within the following weeks and months of becoming foster carers, we realized to truly care for a child, that meant we would need to extend our love and care to their family. And, and I guess Mother's Day has taken on a different meaning for me now because I've sat in the pain of mothers who haven't had their child, and I have had their child. And so um, God has done an incredible work in my heart to grow empathy and, and also become influence, be able to bring hope and life in a world where there's hopelessness. Um, so I encourage you today, um, if you're on, wherever you're on in your journey in mothering, Seek God in that, and you know God is a God of hope. Um, I guess as a result of those passions God birthed in me, um, our journey for, as foster carers didn't become maybe like others or like we thought, but our, our um, opportunity to influence families became very real. And um, in, the care, in the foster care space, carers aren't really trained to support families. It's not really, seven years ago, wasn't really a, a policy or an encouragement, um, but I knew what God was asking me to do. And it was certainly a little bit left, I was, I was certainly out there, I was radical. I remember my agency saying a few things, they supported me, but they're like, Aaron, people don't do this. And I was like, well, I will and we will because we knew that's what God was asking us to do. God was asking us to live out a radical type of Jesus' love in our community. You know, God is asking all of us to live out a Jesus' radical love in the community and the people that he is asking you to influence. Um, God was asking us to care and mentor parents where the system and others were judging and pushing aside. Um, I realized in this experience and in this moment that my life was very different. And to be honest, I felt overwhelmed at times because I felt like I didn't have actually much to give. I didn't know what to say. I felt quite overwhelmed and scared to think, I don't know how to relate. I want to relate, but my life experience had been so different. And God has just shown me through his... Be kind. So Colossians 3.12 talks about us clothing ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. And I thought, I can do that, God. I can do that. And you do the relating and you help me grow in that space. And so as a result of this, you know, my prayer became, God, let me be the fragrance of Christ to these families, to this system, because we know that it's failing and we know that it's hopeless for many families. Um, so as a result of that, God's had me on an incredible journey of advocacy um, in funding and uh, support for families. Um, as a result of this journey, I was offered an, a position, a full-time position in Australia's largest foster care agency four years ago. And um, I was overwhelmed. I said no initially. And Matthew's like, Karen, this is what God is, you know, God is giving you this opportunity, he's handing it to you. And, um, 
And so I stepped into another next incredible journey where I have been able to work in a role where I can be an influencer. And I've been able to support foster carers and support children in the system and be a glimmer of hope um, to them. Um, and now currently I'm sitting in a role where I'm a, a, a trainer to carers in particular therapeutic training, a therapeutic parenting programs. So as I share my story, I, um, and I'll, I guess my, my spiritual journey, I look and constantly I am in awe of my, the journey God has got me in now of helping and supporting mothers and foster carers and families. And, and God has had to do so much in me because I wasn't the parent. I, I wish today, I'm like, if I could be the mother I am today, back 20 years ago, I, I say to my, I'm incredibly blessed for our beautiful children. They're turning out pretty good. But, you know, I wasn't all, I look back and I think, I'm, I could have done better in certain areas. Um, so God has been using my years of experience as a mother and a foster carer in the most rewarding and hope-filled way, um, I guess, in this current climate. Um, but I want to acknowledge, parenting isn't easy, but it's the most rewarding thing we can do. I came across a devastating statistic just in the last few days. Some of you may have seen it. Last Wednesday, um, on the 5th of May, uh, the Courier Mail printed um, a half-page ad, or sorry, it was in the Courier Mail, our March for Life, um, uh, an advocacy for life um, organization printed. 26,583 babies were aborted in Queensland in 2019. That's one year, 26,000. 583 babies, so that's 26,000 odd or more mothers didn't feel that they could be a mother. That is an incredible statistic. And, you know, as a church, I believe God is wanting us to do some more things around influencing. Um, as part of the journey God's had me on, I guess, and part of my experiences of working alongside mothers and my own experience, you know, God has been teaching me how important it is um, how, how important our role is as a mother. And this is only in the years as I've grown and learnt. Um, I didn't fully understand this, I can say, as a young 21-year-old or 22-year-old mother. Um, but to influence our children, um, we need to understand how important and how significant our role is because the world is undervaluing that. The community we live in does not place value on mothering. For every one of you working mothers, I would imagine that you go through a conflict regularly around you you know you or you need to work but you your heart is to want to be at home with your children um, the research says um, the love of a mother provides major developmental advantage um, how we demonstrate love to our children determines how our children will go on to establish and function in their lifelong relationships that's pretty significant influence Young mums here who are, you know, your little ones are around you and still at home. Know that the time you're investing into them, you know, you are giving them the opportunity for optimal development. You are creating for them the most beautiful environment where they can be loved and know and, and experience God's love through your life. Sitting with them, singing with them, cuddling them, are creating pathways in their brain for their development, for their optimal development. Don't think that just because you're sitting, you're you're wasting time or you, you need to be doing. That was a trap I fell into at my nature. By nature, I'm very organized, I'm very driven. I need to have everything happening. And as a young mum, I, I ran my household like that. And I, had, I have wonderful memories of sitting and being with my children, but I know in my heart, that was something that I needed to remind myself of. Um, 
Research supports a mother's emotional and physical presence in a baby and young child's life as essential as food, air, and water. Mothers, the role you are playing in your children's lives is life-sustaining to them. Don't ever let the world think that you are not doing enough by not being at work more and home less. Um, as a part of my job, like I said, I've been doing, having to learn and research around attachment and I spend time talking with carers around attachment and the, the, the disruption that happens when children are removed from their families. Um, and the research leans um, tremendously towards you know, children and babies needing their mothers, needing that, that mother role that God has placed upon us. And, and in America, there's research being done around the epidemic increase of aggression and violence in, in under school age children. And, and some psychologists and family specialists are, are linking that back to the absence of mothers and you know, children that are being raised alone and left alone for, for much longer than they should. Um, a mother's physical and emotional presence provides a baby with two things, protection from stress and emotional regulation, um, both of which are important to her healthy brain development. So, you know, you being there is helping that little, your little person grow and develop pathways where they can deal with their emotions and manage what life will bring them. Um, so the more you're with the baby, the more present you are, the more physically and emotionally present, the less stressed your baby will be. Um, this particular article was written by Erica Commissar, and she's written a book about being there. And it's not, not actually about our physical presence, although it is, but it's also about our emotions. So we can be physically present, but if we're emotionally checked out, if we're not there, our head is somewhere else, then we are, we're not being the best presence for our children. And I encourage you, if you're struggling with one of your children and you're feeling like they are really emotional, you know, really take a check of your heart and check your calendar and see, you know, am I giving them enough of my time? They want our time, they crave our time. That's just been something that God is teaching me more and more as I've had young people around my life quite regularly and recently is, you know, time is what they need to grow. Um, so whilst I was a stay-at-home mom, I didn't fully understand how critical my presence was to my children. When they were young, um, and I share this not to discourage you, but to encourage you to know, to, to spend that time, to set apart time to be there for your children. And as a godly mum, I, I realised and knew that it wasn't only my emotional and physical care, but it was also about my being a spiritual role model. We know the scriptures talk to us as parents. Proverbs 22.6 says, to train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Um, to get to where I am today, I've had to do a lot of letting go. Um, so let's look at the first point, mothers who let go are influences. Um, I believe that's the first step in letting go. And for me, the very first step of letting go was my own life, and that was in surrendering my life to Jesus. Um, 1 Peter 1.3 says, Praise to be God, to the God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And can I encourage you today, if you haven't yet made that um, decision to walk with Jesus. He is a living hope. He has been my living hope since I was 12 years old. My mum took me to a crusade up in Mackay. His name was Bill Newman. Um, and I heard the message of Jesus. I'd been brought up in church, in an Anglican church, but I hadn't made that connection that Jesus wanted to be in real relationship with me. He wanted me to know him and love him, not just go through a religious act. Um, so can I encourage you, the first thing we do is, in our life as an influencer is we let go. 
The next slide I have here is about um, surviving. Um, and this is just a little picture. I, spent, I scoured the internet for ones, and I'm looking for copyright, and I'm like, I've got one. So this is a photo of, in our house of a little person that we had with us. Um, and she was a darling, um, but she did like to turn our house up, down, upside down regularly. Um, so many mums, you're probably smiling and thinking, yep, my days are like this often, surviving the chaos, the upturned rooms, the house just being a mess. Um, but you know, um, God is... God is wanting to help us move from surviving. Um, there was a stage in our life where we had six children, we had our own three, and then we, we took on a six-year-old, a nine-month-old, and a nine-week-old. It was a crazy time, but it was the most... Our, our, we, we look over the photos as a family, and we just smile. God just... It was just a most beautiful time. But as a mother, I certainly was in survival mode a few times. And God really had to teach me. And the, and the one lesson in that that I really learned was that my relationship with God and my relationship with children was most important, not everything else that was going on. So I encourage you today, if you're just surviving, think about surrendering. The next slide is just a little bit more serene, gives us a little bit more of a picture of like the calm that we can experience. If we give God our hearts, we have access to his vast love, his wisdom, his guidance. Consciously and subconsciously, we choose to surrender to the call of mothering, to pay that price, to invest wholeheartedly into mothering. And I know that many, many, many of you mothers are doing that and have done that, and that is the most wonderful gift that you will give your children. Um, as we learn to surrender more to Jesus, the joy of mothering becomes, it, it becomes joyful. Like I can, you move from that space of mothering being difficult to mother be, mothering being a joy, and, and God has used many opportunities to teach me that. Um, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live today, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This has been a scripture, a motto that I have tried and prayed and asked God to help me live by. God, it's not Karen living. It's not Karen in the flesh living. It's Jesus living through me. It's the fragrance of Jesus living through me that my children need. And, and when I was a young mother, like I said, I wanted to be organized. I wanted to be planned. I wanted to know ahead of time everything that was happening. And I've got memories of sitting down on the mat, having a lovely time playing. But in my mind, my girls are like over here playing and and I'm like looking, going, oh, I could put those blocks back there, and the dolls aren't in the order with the dolls. And I was not fully present. I was like trying to organize the play. I was trying to be there in that little role, like, yep, mom, I'm here. But I was not. And God had to take me on a journey of realizing that I needed to let go of things. I needed to let go of schedules so that I could be more like Christ to my children. What is God asking you to let go of this morning in your mothering? What area of influence is he wanting you to grow in, in your children's life? Maybe it's that you are too focused on, your, on working. Maybe it's that you feel um, that your work is taking too much time, and so you can't be emotionally and physically present for your children. Maybe you're the mother who always needs to be doing, 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 and the being and the sitting and the playing doesn't come as easily to you. Um, for me, that's an area I knew I needed to grow in. And I was a bit of a Scotty mother. I was a bit strict. Sorry, girls. Ashton, you got a bit better version. Um, <laughs> but I, I needed to learn that God lets your love flow through me when I speak to my children. I didn't need to be authoritarian and demanding and controlling. That I needed um, 
that I needed to speak with, to them with kindness. Um, let's face it, caring for children can be incredibly frustrating. We can get, we can feel really angry at times. They can make us really, really, really cranky. But frustration leads to anger, and anger leads to responses that aren't appropriate to our children. So emotionally regulating ourselves and helping um, us demonstrate, demonstrate the kindness and the compassion and the patience of Jesus is what God is wanting us to do. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, that everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's a really good scripture, I think, when we are feeling overwhelmed. Pop it up somewhere. Help us. God, help me. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. A child's development and the learning of their emotional regulation comes from a calming, nurturing adult. I spend all my days now sitting with carers, helping them understand. When you have got a foster child who's incredibly dysregulated, they need a calming presence. They need an adult who will sit with them and nurture them. And that is God has just had the mirror up and teaching me this over many years. Um, we encourage carers to be asking themselves, you know, how are, they, how are they coping in that moment? Ask that question before you even respond. If you're cranky and really annoyed, just be silent for a moment and I'll ask the Holy Spirit to give you his words in that situation. What is God asking you to let go of this morning? Is it the need to be in control? Is it to work less and play more? Is it to be less cranky? Or is it your identity in something else and God's wanting it to be in mothering? The second point I have is mothers who are led by the Spirit and live by the leading of the Holy Spirit are influences. From the day I gave my life to Christ, that has been my goal. I have certainly not fulfilled that at times. Many times I reflect that I haven't. So Romans 12 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by the sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Can I encourage you? I have Romans 8 is a scripture. Uh, sorry, Romans 12 and Romans 8. But Romans um, is where I've spent a lot of time as a mother. As a mother. God, help me to live in your spirit. Help me to be that influence to my children that they will be spirit-led, that they will live in the spirit, that I won't fulfill the lust of my flesh as a mother. Um, and so what does it mean to be controlled by the spirit? Well, we, we know what the, the fruits of the spirit are. It's patient in mothering. It's long-suffering. It's not grumbling. It's teaching our children to live differently from the world. It's setting them a godly standard and encouraging them in that. I have tried to help my children understand the importance of them living differently, looking differently, watching differently, wearing differently to the world, because we are called to be different. To be influencers for Christ's kingdom, we need to submit to the authority and leadership of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How have I renewed my mind? I have done this by a, a journey of prayer, of seeking God, and primarily of journaling. God has helped and spoken to me um, the importance of me growing myself 
And when I become like Christ, then I can influence my children to become like Christ. And I, I felt to do a little um, visual, um, I guess, image this morning. So I brought along with me, um, this little box here is the last 30 years of my journaling. This has been the one thing that God has, the journey that God has had me on to grow me as a, a Christian woman, as a mother. Um, so over the last 30 years, I actually counted them. There's 30 journals there, including this one, which is my current one. And I have made it a priority to find time. I'm not saying it was every day, and I'm not saying it was, I was religious about it. There were certainly times and seasons where days or even weeks might pass, but my dialogue was there with God. But, but I always found most consistently time to write and journal and reflect. And I would sit with my Bible, and these books are full of prayers, of tears, of sadness, of struggles. I've talked about that my life has been a life of privilege, but it doesn't mean I haven't had struggles. Matthew and I have had to face some incredibly difficult times, financial struggles, health, significant health issues with some of our children, significant financial loss, relational struggles. Um, but in these books here, God has helped me to live by his spirit and, and renewed my mind. God has taken me on a journey where I have been able to pour out my ugly, sinful, awful, sounding, terrible, fleshly self and allow God to speak to me and get back up the next day and write it all over again and then God speaks to me. And gently over time, he's renewing his character in me. We have a gift here. We wanted to bless all the mothers here as... Um, in giving you a journal, in hope that um, maybe you journal, maybe you don't. But if, if this has prompted your heart to start you on a journey or, or return to a journey, maybe you don't write. Look, I, I realised I am a writer, I'm a word person. As I was writing my message, I'm like, all right, too many words, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> so look, um, maybe you like to draw. Maybe you like to paint. Maybe you could put pictures in it. Do whatever you need to do to help you grow as a godly mother and bring influence to your children. Um, and those books are full of prayers. 21 years ago, I started praying for Thomas. I started praying from when Destiny was born. I'm like, God, I believe for godly spouses. I believe that God is going to be bringing my children godly spouses. And I look back and I see this beautiful young man. That's an answer to my mother's prayer. So, you know, mothers, hold on to God's word for your children because he is faithful, and he will, he will meet you where you're at. And my last point that I want to share is that mothers who leave a legacy of faith have become influencers. My beautiful mother-in-law, Matthew's mum, is here with us today, and she has been an incredible woman of faith in my life. She, my own mother lives in Mackay. I haven't lived, I don't have any family around me, um, but I certainly do have family in, I don't have natural, how do I, mum is definitely my family. My birth family are not here and they are in Mackay. Um, but Matthew's mum and his family have been an incredible family to me. But Pam has been an incredible role model. Praying with me two minutes before I got up here to, to be God's vessel and voice. She's demonstrated a life of surrender to the spirit. She's demonstrated a life of faith and commitment in adversity and hardship. She's shown me what it's to be like Christ when I've struggled as a mother. My own mother took me on uh, my own, I guess, began her spiritual journey 
when um, I was only, sorry, my journey of church started when I was two. I'm one of five. I have a two-year-old, four-year-old sister, two-year-old brother, and then twin brothers and sisters younger than me. My mum shares that when my brother and sister were twins and they were born, so I was two. So she had five children under six. Um, she gave her heart to Jesus because she wasn't managing as a mother. She was sinking and she tells, she shares her journey of she called out to God and God rescued her. And then she's gone on to live an incredible life of faithfulness to God. Whenever I talk to her, she's got God's word. Bless her heart. She's always finding a way to bring God into everything um, and, and encourage me and things where I'm like, I hadn't thought about it like that, but okay, yep, that's definitely what God could be saying to me. Um, so she has been in a tremendous influencer and, and leaving a legacy that I have been able to pass on to my children. And, you know, and they've witnessed and experienced two grandmothers who have prayed with them and loved them and sent them cards that just keep pushing them on to Christ-likeness. Um, I had a grandmother, mum's mum, was a God-fearing, gentle, loving kind-hearted. She was the fragrance of Christ. My first 19 years of my life, um, she was around. She taught me how to pray. I found her Bible when I went home at Christmas. Mum has it. And I was looking through her Good News Bible, and it's just loaded with scriptures and handwriting and um, highlighting and her prayers in there. And she used to ask for, um, there, there was, I'm one of five, and then I had cousins, so there was eight grandchildren she used to pray for, and she'd ask for all our exam schedules, like grade five. She'd be like, when is your test? And she'd write up a little test schedule, and she'd pray for us. Every test, every sport game, everything we had in our life, she had her little schedule on the fridge, praying for us. So I feel incredibly blessed that I'm part of a, a heritage of faith on, on that side of my family. I feel incredibly blessed to be part of this church since the, mo the first day we walked into the, this door, um, Jan and Ron, Andrew's beautiful parents, took me in and I felt like I was another daughter to them. My father's not a Christian man and I haven't had the, the blessing of having a Christian father. He's been a good man, a loving man. Um, but coming here and being part of a family and, and um, being able to be loved and influenced has been an incredible thing. Jan's not here today, and Sue have also been in a, a, incredible women that have encouraged me and been there for me. And I was thinking about, I did a little count. I haven't put all the names down because in case I forgot. But I believe there's nine, and I missed one, so there's ten families in this church who come regularly who have three generations, grandparents, children, and their children. What an incredible legacy, and that was something that drew us to this church. We were looking for a church for our children to, to grow and to, to feel connected. And when we came here, we could see the generations of faith, and that has been a, a beautiful thing for our children and, and for all of the children here. So I, I think that's pretty amazing that we can have such a legacy of faith in this room, and you are part of that. And if, you're not, if you are the first generation of Christian in your family, Know that you can start that legacy today and tomorrow and the future. You can create that for your children and your grandchildren. What a wonderful thing it is to know that you can give your children the best start in a, in a hopeless hope, uh, in a world where they, they're not going to find hope out there. But here and in and walking with God, you will find hope. There's a quote from this mothering book that I bought many years ago. A time will come when we are no longer with them. We'll talk, uh, 
but we'll talk to their conscience, show up in their habits and in their decisions. And I guess that was my prayer for many years. And I had a birthday recently, and this is what one of my daughters wrote. You continue to build a beautiful and inspiring legacy. The position you have for justice and reconciliation is awe-inspiring, and it encourages us to think better and love more. That blesses my heart to know that our children are growing up in an environment where they will hopefully see God in, in the things that he is asking them. My other daughter wrote, a part of the person I am today is because of the unconditional and tender love, care and support you have shown me every single day. No matter where I go or what I do, there is always going to be a part of you in my heart. And when I read that, I'm like, that's the quote. That's the quote. You know, that's what we want our children. When they're not with us, that the words and the spirit of God that you have sowed into them will keep them. We'll keep them from making poor choices. We'll keep them from doing things that will destroy their spirit. So be encouraged, mums, um, that you have an incredible role to influence for Christ-likeness. And I could not add my son's cards note. Sorry, no free massages. I've retired from them. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Wherever you are. Oh, here. So... <laughs> He gave lots of free massages and car washes, so he can retire. You know, I encourage you today, think about how you're being the fragrance of Christ. I'd like to um, give the opportunity to pray for some mothers, others, you don't need to be a mother, but the first thing I felt God really wanted me to provide an opportunity to pray is if you're here and you've never made that first step, that's surrender. It's a journey. It's a journey. You don't become automatically Christ-like overnight. doesn't mean everything becomes wonderful, but God is with you. He carries you. I look back and I look back through the, the sunshine and the rainy days, and God has been faithfully carrying me. Certainly lots of tears in that journey, but to know, I, I couldn't imagine life without God. I actually, I go into my workplace and I sit around and I, I hear people sharing and I'm like, you need God. God is the answer in this. So can I encourage you, as we sing a song, if you have not made that step, please feel free to come. Or come and we can pray with you or come and talk to myself or Andrew at the end. Can I also ask, I feel, you know, for those here who are in that survival mode of mothering, you really feel like you're struggling, life is hard, maybe you're a single mother, I can imagine that is just incredibly, incredibly difficult at times. We want to pray with you. I don't want anyone to leave here feeling sad or discouraged. Jesus is hope. He is our living hope. And if you're walking with God, but you feel so discouraged, please come and we'd love to pray with you. And maybe it's, you know, you want prayer because there's things you know God's asking you to let go of. Maybe there's areas of your life you know God's been like pushing your button, surrender. Surrender this. We'd love to pray with you. We're here as a family to love and pray for each other. So as we sing, I'll, yeah, as we start to sing, please, everyone can stand. And um, if, you'd, if you would like to be prayed for, we'd love to pray with you. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au. 